Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Most farmers are applying fertilizer this week, and all of the growers are trying to place the fertilizers as accurately as possible. Making sure the placement is even so there's no striping later in the year or overspills to the hedges are minimized is all very good practice. However, there's still a question of to whether the fertilizer that's being applied in the first place is the correct fertilizer. So today we're joined by Conor O'Callaghan, a Chagas advisor in Dublin, and by Martin Ennis, a farmer in North County Dublin, to chat about precision application of fertilizers. Martin and Conor, you're very welcome. Conor, I want to come to you first and ask you about how important it is to soil test on farms and how often are your clients assessing the soils on their farms? Well, look, it's it's a very important part. It's it's where a farmer should start when he decides to, to go and grow a crop in a field. Um, look, I have clients that are, 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 are sampling uh, 25 to 30% of their farm annually now. Um, they, do, they do this every, every year and then within the, the four or five years, it's, it's uh, they have the, the whole farm sampled. Um, like, look, it's the starting point for a nutrient management plan to see what exactly the soil needs to grow the crop and to grow the crop efficiently. Um, is is basically it's, it's the starting point to, to to see to see what's there in the soil. It's your, it's your it's your canvas. It's like your bank, your nutrient bank to grow to to grow and feed the crops. Okay, and Connor, when you're when you get all the the soil samples back and you're looking at the results from them and you're looking at the the nutrient requirement, um, what do you think is the most infor- most important or perhaps even limiting factor? that you take into consideration when doing up one of those nutrient management plans? Well, the first thing I look at would be the pH and what the actual pH is of, of that sample that has come back. Because look, correcting the pH is the first step in stone um, to a good, success, successful, sustainable uh, fertilizer plan. So that's the first thing I look at is the pH and correcting whether a lime application is needed or not. And then I would address the, the P index and the K index um, for that uh, particular sample and form a plan then for the crop going forward from there. Okay. And in terms of the overall kind of limiting factor you'd see on farms up around the Dublin direction, is it is it phosphate is the, 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 the most limiting that you're kind of restricted or you, you can't get enough of, if you like? Um, I wouldn't say like we have it's, look it's predominantly we've we've heavy clay soils um in Dublin, but look there's pockets of of maybe even high pH soils up on seven with as low pHs down even five point eight five point nine. Um, it's getting that corrected as well as that. Um, with the heavy clay soils, we have the ability to. To have the the P and the K on the soil for for the crop, and um, we don't get a lot of um, nutrient leaching and runoff with these with these kind of soils. Um, but no, we'd we'd go from there. It's it's not overly restricting then from from from, from putting the plan together, if you like. No, and, and, just, and, and, and just thinking about putting the plan together, uh, Connor, for for farmers. Um, obviously, soil results are going to come back from different fields, and they're going to have. Uh, different levels of P and K and different fields. So therefore there's a bit of a mix and match kind of needed. How does that practically work out uh, in terms of putting a plan together for farmers? Because obviously you don't want them going in, into fields four or five times, just trying to match up the various bits and pieces. How do you, how do you try to assess that? Well, basically what we do is we look at each sample and where the need for the P and K is. And if we have an index one or two soil, well, we, we use the autumn uh, sowing time 
to apply the P and K and corporate corporate into the seedbed, and we use that as a building tool to get out a bit of P and K um, onto that onto that crop down into the, into the seed bed. A lot of lads now have the it's a split box drills that they're able to, to put the P and K down into the ground, and then we come back in the springtime then with our compound fertilizers and uh, top them up then to the required levels that the the, the nutrient management plan um, has indicated for us. And for larger farms, Connor, is do you have a scenario where you've got you can get away with one compound mix, five five twenty five or nine six twenty two or whatever it might be, or or do you tend to have maybe two or three different compounds to make sure that you kind of get it just right? We would probably more likely have two compounds. We'd probably have like a high P at around maybe eight to ten units of P and then we'd have a low P between maybe four to six in, in P and merchants around have uh, normally have a good stock of those in bulk and in bags so where we have um, the high P indexes we're able to go, to go with a lower um, the lower of, of a compound for P and vice versa uh, for the low P sites we're able to go with the high one so it's it's probably two compounds and maybe then um the O's, the O1020 or O730, maybe to top up in places for K if it's a bit short. Okay, thanks. Martin, I'm delighted that you could join us today. Um, Bert, just for our listeners, you might maybe give us just a small description of your farm and set up in Dublin, um, you know, types of who you're farming with, the crop areas, um, that kind of thing. Hey, Michael, thanks very much. Um, uh, we're farming here, um, myself and my first cousin, Paul, his father, which is my uncle, Bertie, and Paul's son, Sam, were farming out here in um, North County Dublin in a little village called the Nall, between the Nall and Garrison, actually. Um, we're farming roughly in around a 1,000 acres um, with about 750 in tillage. The remainder is in grass, which would be mostly for hay and silage. Uh, that's really what we're at. We're, we'd be... Um, we're at a good while now. Well, and in terms of know. the in terms of the crops, Martin, the, the heavily winter cereals are a bit of a mix between winter and spring. We would we would have a mix, Michael. We we'd have probably seventy five percent would be winter corn between winter barley and winter wheat, and then the remainder would be, be between beans and spring barley and spring wheat, Michael. Yeah, that would be the gist of it. Yeah. Okay, so Martin, you're obviously got more interested in soil fertility and and what that's bringing. Outline why you decided you were going to delve a bit more in depth into that soil fertility and what were the first type of steps that you took to to take that step. Yeah, well, um, just over the over year over the past probably six years or so, farming all the same land we've probably um, renting in about. 150 200 acres and the rest is all owned ground we got to know our ground pretty well but we've we've seen uh, michael that more ground perform some ground performing better than others and um we just wanted to look in to see what why was this like uh, rule of thumb probably was from years gone by we were just applying two ton of lime to the acre every four to five years or maybe even longer and I just got in contact with my agronomist and um, we just started to delve into it to see was there other ways we could uh, have a look into seeing what was happening. So we, we, we got an, 
we got put in touch with a fella that was doing grid sampling, Paul Ward was his name. So we just basically four years ago took a little bit of a risk probably at the time, didn't really know what we were doing. We let him come in and he um, grid sampled it on the quad. Um, every hectare was sampled, probably six or eight samples taken in that hectare, of every hectare. And um, when we got the results back, it was just uh, amazing to see the different the different pHs in the same field and other things as well, Michael. Okay. And so that translated, I presume, then into some sort of a, a map, as you'd often see in farmers that often see different coloredy kind of maps, if you like, for the, the different pHs or, 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 or Ps or Ks, I, I would presume. But how did you translate that into action on the farm? What did you do? Yeah, well, it was uh, very professionally done. As you say, we you're given back a, a folder and you could see each field, each hectare was um, coloured and obviously the greener it got, the, the better it was and the redder was lower. So from from there straight away, there was um, efficiencies. So the first step was to, to get lime onto them areas and Paul had it, um, he did all worked out, mapped out, straight away how much lime was needed for the farm and it was just a matter then of, of getting a contractor in Michael that would spread the, the the lime on them areas and as it turned out a contractor here beside us um, was able to do its variable rate so the spreader was able to turn on and off itself by being given um, a USB stick we were able to spread the lime where it was needed. And what we seen straight away, Michael was, and it was that was, it took the risk out of it straight away for us was that the saving on lime on that first farm paid for the mapping straight away without doing anything else. And tell me, can you remember the differential in terms of the variable rate of lime? Was it going from zero to two, three, two, three tons maybe, or was it a bit narrower than that? No, it was, yeah. It was from zero in in straight lines in the field, from zero at, at one end to three to four ton, even more than that in, in certain areas, Michael, that, that uh, had to come back two years later to follow up on, to top up. It was just incredible, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that, that's very interesting. Um, we did, um, I suppose, a bit of analysis in Chagas on a, on, a, on a better farm that we had in the country, and you could see the savings in it. It was very easy to see. Uh, from memory, I think there was a saving of uh, getting close to 50% in terms of overall lime in comparison to what you would have done overall. So, uh, yeah, there's, it was great savings. Connor, can I just come back to you for a second um, and just maybe ask you, from, for the other clients that you have up in Dublin, are, are there many other people using this more in-depth precision um, technology and maybe then for the people thinking about the people maybe who aren't, is there any barriers as you see it of why farmers mightn't be doing it? Um, they are, Michael. It's becoming more um, and more common uh, practice on, on farms. Like as as fertilizer and, and um, prices in, increase, lads are becoming more aware of it. And as Martin said, the potential saving on lime applications um, they are, and as well as that, like with the lime applications, you're not putting lime where it's not lead, needed, so you're not um, potentially having any lockup of, of nutrients that would be there um, for the crop. But um, 
No, it's definitely becoming more popular. I'm get be getting asked more and more questions about it. Um, as regards the use of machinery for it, contractors around the area have the equipment that are able to do it. Farmers are availing of TAMS grants as well that they're able to get the variable uh, rate spreaders um, to do the, the, the variable rate, the, the fertilizers as well. Um, so like it, it is becoming more uh, common practice and it's it's making the farms um, more profitable and sustainable. And Connor, if, if somebody didn't necessarily or a farmer didn't necessarily want to make the full step to where Martin is um, and they just wanted to... Um, you know, make the next best step, if you like. How should they maybe go about that? Well, look, the si- a simple step they can do is the next time that they're taking samples is to to divide, to divide the field maybe um, and take smaller sample areas and divide the field in ways that they spread it and so with uh, with tramlines. So, for for exa- for example, if you take one area of the first three tramlines in your field and just sample the length of the field in those three tramlines. And then you go to the next set of tramlines, the next tree, and sample that area, or four tramlines, and sample that area. That way, then when you get your when you get your samples back, and if there is um, a variance or a change in the samples, that you will be able to create a plan and a recommendation for fertilizer or lime specific to those tramlines, um, if there is a deviation in them. Okay, a reasonable stepping stone, and presumably that the, uh, the I suppose the soils along that tramline will all want to be pretty much the same as well rather than just crossing over different 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 um, soil types yes exactly so Martin can I just come back to you for a second and um, you described uh, a good bit about uh, putting on lime and how that's uh, you know how your results has helped to uh, place that lime exactly where it's wanted uh, from the results coming from that how have you seen those results coming in terms of farm outputs? grain yield or straw yield yeah well um what we've seen probably more recently over the let's say the past year and a half two years is that uh what would i say that the the, the good parts of the field michael they aren't going to perform much better but uh parts of the field that weren't performing they, they have they're slowly they are creeping up and they're getting better and better michael but they're, they're starting to level out and we've seen that as we have now gone past four years of, of sampling and we've resampled ground that we started with and it's a much evener picture across that 70 acres where we started. Okay. And is it just lime you're variable spreading or are you also spreading um, peas and case as well? No, we're, we're, we're doing everything now, Michael. Um, a couple of years ago, we availed of the, the TAMs and we... Um, ourselves a variable rate spreader so um now we um just like you were chatting about there with um blends and that sort of thing um i could go out and put a blend on of either 10 10 20 or 10 725 where i can then go back and chat to paul tell him what i've spread in the field and he will give me maps he will make maps up for me if i need to top up in certain parts might only take a quarter of a ton, might only take 100 kilos just to top up in certain parts in the field. So we're we're bringing everything to the top now. And you're using straight product, straight phosphate and straight K for, for that, is it? We we are, yeah. We would be putting a, a blend on, but then we'd be just coming back with small bits to top up afterwards, yeah. 
Okay. And tell me, for the people who are into into equipment and machinery, what um, equipment did you buy for the uh, for the fertilizer variable rate application? Uh, we we uh, we applied to the farms and we bought a, a route spreader. It's a three and a half ton spreader, and it um, it has a it's it's fully GPS with a seven fifty screen with it and. We're just simply able to plug in the, the USB sticks and uh, it just shows up the fields straight away, it spreads. So it's just literally a matter of driving up and down the field. So just by that one machine, it's after opening everything up for us. A plug and play, easy to use? Oh, very easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could literally send anybody off on it, yeah. That's what you want. That's what you want. Connor, can I just just come back to you and when Martin was, was talking there about um, he can see his fields fertility increasing. Looking at the soil samples from all your clients coming across in Dublin, um, how do you see that changing the soil fertility? Is it is it around the same over the last number of years? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Um, no, it's it's getting better. It's getting better, Michael, because um, clients are investing in in their own land, especially own land, and um, the clients would have. Um, in recent years, they haven't invested money in, in building soil fertility, the P's and K's, correcting the lime and building the P's and K's. So these are the farmers who are sampling um, the, the percentages of their, of, of their land, their own land every, every year and coming back. And then when I see samples coming back in after three, four years, um, the, definitely the fertility is building. And now it's now those farmers are on a maintenance um level every year and um, basically match matching offtakes um from the from 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 previous years and the, and the crops that they're that they're that they're growing martin i want to leave the final word with you uh, just on this podcast um in terms of your the precision that you're doing at the moment do you see yourself continuing to do that over the next few years oh absolutely uh, michael um uh, we would be of the opinion now that we're we're grid sampling every four years to see where we are to make the fields perform better and we're going to continue to do that to, to try and get it up to that proper level definitely okay martin uh, thanks very much and connor thanks very much as well for 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 today's podcast thanks michael so that's it for the tillage edge and my thanks to martin and connor for joining me don't forget if you like this podcast recommend it to a friend or colleague and always rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming news, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.